listeners and welcome to another episode of State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. I am your guide, Stephen Payton. The date is Friday the 26th of March 2021. Let's get into it. Kicking things off this week, Nicola Sturgeon has not only beaten a vote of no confidence in the Scottish Parliament, but has also been found in an independent inquiry to have not broken the ministerial code, despite political opposition claiming otherwise. In an independent report published this week by James Hamilton, the former Director of Public Prosecutions in the Republic of Ireland, the First Minister was cleared of breaking the rules on how ministers should operate with regards to the handling of the Alex Salmond inquiry. Sturgeon had referred herself to the inquiry back in January of 2019, and I'm not going to recount the whole story, because... I'm sure you've been following it already, but suffice to say that the end results have been a vindication for the First Minister and have, in my opinion, raised some very serious questions about the SNP leader's opposition. Namely, the fact that someone from the internal Holyrood Group inquiry leaked details to the press to say that they had in fact found the First Minister had broken the ministerial code. In contrast to the independent report. And then, the fact that some of that evidence from the woman who had made allegations regarding Alex Salmond were also leaked, deeply betraying the trust that they would have had in the committee involved. Two of the women who spoke with the committee said, Complainers in this case have been subject to regular attacks and misrepresentation on social media and have found their experiences repeatedly exploited for political purposes during the inquiry. For a committee member to perpetuate this is indefensible and an abuse of their position. They will be making a formal complaint going forward and I would have to agree with Patrick Harvey, the co-leader of the Scottish Green Party, this week when he said that whoever leaked this should really be considering their position as an MSP. Because really, this puts Scotland's unionist parties in a very bad light indeed that they seemed, in my eye, to not only have made their minds up well before Nicola Sturgeon even gave evidence to the committee, but that they were also so willing to make political capital out of such a sensitive subject. These are the kind of tawdry unionist party politics that I really hope we can leave behind at Westminster on the day that Scotland becomes independent. And according to the SNP, that day may be coming sooner rather than later. Sturgeon's party have published its long-awaited draft NDRF2 bill at Holyrood. The entire thing is available online, you can read it on the website, but here's what it proposes. First, that the question asked on ballots remains as, should Scotland be an independent country? As it was in 2014. Given that the pro-Indy, anti-Indy camps still use yes and no as political markers, this makes total sense, despite some attempts to shift it over to leave remain with the intent of connecting independence with Brexit. The bill also proposes that voter eligibility is extended to match the franchise at the Holyrood and Council elections and, importantly, that it should be the next Scottish Parliament that will decide the timing of the next independence referendum, meaning NDF2 could be held as early as the first half of the next parliamentary term and, yeah... There's a lot of coulds and shoulds in there, but it is a tangible step forward. And it does keep the emphasis on the fact that it will be Scotland's decision 
It's just that that decision is firmly tied into a pro-independence majority being returned to the Scottish Parliament. As part of the SNP's election campaign, Nicola Sturgeon has already promised that there will be a referendum if Scots vote for it. A pro-Indian majority in six weeks is functionally the starting gun, which may be why the SNP are reportedly considering a coalition with the Scottish Greens, even if they gain a majority. SNP strategists supposedly believe that were the Greens to also hold ministerial roles, Holyrood would be able to claim that it held a supermajority for a new vote on independence. Of course, we'll have to see how that all plays out. But for now, all polling does indicate that there will be a pro-independence majority in the Scottish Parliament either way. The question just being whether or not the SNP are in the majority or not. And yes, that does mean there's been a new poll. The Servation poll for DC Thompson also found that the Scottish Greens were likely to get 11 seats, while the Tories fell back into third place behind Labour. Maybe because it's hard to point to literally any achievement from the party over the past five years, except for securing a cushy seat in the House of Lords for Ruth Davidson. This is in the same week that a Sunday Times poll showing 50-50 support for independence was shown to actually be incorrect. And that, when looking at the data, yes, was actually leading, with 53% of Scots backing independence. This would indicate that recent events in the SNP, despite opposition taking full advantage of the situation, has not in fact dented the party's support in the upcoming May poll. Interestingly though, there is an independence-related drama currently playing out in the Labour Party ahead of the election. With just weeks to go before May's poll, nearly all officers at the Glasgow Kelvin Constituency Labour Party office have resigned over the removal of a candidate who dared to share an opinion on NDF2 that party bosses just didn't like. And that's despite her having the backing of her local area. Holly Cameron was deselected after speaking with the Sunday National and saying that she disagreed with the party over when a referendum should be held. Pam Duncan Glancy has taken the top spot instead, while officers from the branch resigned over having a new candidate imposed on them by party leadership. So much for solidarity, Pam. The former officers released a statement saying, We are resigning because we believe the reasons offered for removing Holly are unjust and contradictory. Further, the CLP and the executive have been entirely sidelined. Holly's treatment in this process has been unacceptable and we fear will deter future candidates putting themselves forward. So, Scottish Labour's handling of the constitutional question remains a mess. (laughs) But that does bring us to an end this week. With all that said, where does that leave the State of the Union? More of a joke than Douglas Ross responding to a question from Mike Oxmells during a Facebook Q&A. See you all again next week. <laughs>